I enjoyed that this morning. All your promises. And, and you know something? It's not just the promises that are in here. Do you know that? It was uh, just yesterday, my wife had wrote a blog, and we were kind of collaborating on that a little bit. But uh, it was interesting that uh, when the angel told Mary in Luke 1, 37, that with, with God, all things are possible, or nothing is impossible with God. It was interesting that there was a systematic theologian that um, is retired now. But he knew the Greek a little better than most. And what he emphasized was that basically the point really wasn't about God's omnipotence, God's power to do something. But it really had to do with that God's word is not void of its power. Now, when we think of, the, of God's word, oftentimes we think of the written word. But how many know that that wasn't what Mary was getting that day? Mary was getting a word directly from God in the moment. So we could even add on a word that would help us to differentiate that. And that is that the prophetic word of God is not void of its power. In other words, God's written word and his spoken word... What he says, he'll do. What he says, he'll do. So all of God's promises are indeed yes and amen. And we need to believe it, amen? And not just with faith and saying mentally, yes, I believe that that's true, Lord, in my head. But I believe it's, I believe it's true enough to do something about it, to act upon it, Amen? How, how do we know people had faith is because they heard God and they obeyed what he said. And so that's what we need to be this morning is people who say, yes, Lord, yes, and amen. Amen. You believe that today? Praise God. That is so good. I really was encouraged by the worship this morning. Just a, just a few announcements, not going to belabor the announcements this morning. Uh, of course, we have a number of things coming up on the calendar for, for June. And, uh, of course, we have a graduation Sunday coming up on the 11th. Of course, next Sunday, uh, the first Sunday in June, is Pentecost Sunday. How many like Pentecost Sunday? I do. I do. It's, it, it's at least that one s- Sunday in the year when you are expected that you bring something about the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I don't mind doing that, that's for sure. So you can expect that next Sunday. So be here next Sunday. I'm going to be here next Sunday. And uh, we'll have a good time praising the Lord. Of course, graduation Sunday again on June 11th. Not going to re- rehearse everything, but you can note that in your bulletin. Also, on Father's Day, we are, we are attempting our first family Sunday. You never know really what it's going to produce because uh, we're trying to be creative and uh, spontaneous. And I don't know if anybody saw Facebook or not, but some people were referring to somebody dressed up in some really strange costumes on Facebook. If you haven't seen it, don't look. <laughs> now you have to look. So you can look after. I don't want to see a bunch of phones going right now, but that's okay. Yeah. And um, so a number, number of events taking place. Um, uh, Summer Slam at Vanguard College and uh, the Rock Ministries inviting to paintball. So just check out everything on the uh, in the bulletin as well we do have a facebook page that's up and running now so find us on facebook we've i think we've attained 30 likes we'd like to see some more and just another way to uh, continue to um, you know communicate and share and uh, of course uh, we want to be able to share uh, news and and um, and not just news but also prayer requests as people permit them to be posted on on facebook and um just thinking of prayer requests this morning, please keep uh, Tam, uh, Mike and Tammy in your prayers. Mike is still uh, down in Camrose, has had surgery. He's going to be there for about a week and a half more or so. That's what uh, the latest uh, text message that we received. And um, do we have any more details? That, that, uh... Right, his recovery isn't going as smoothly is what they hoped. I had a chance, and some others had a chance to contact uh, Mike and, and Tammy, 
And uh, so I'm just, we're just, I'm just holding off at least in going down to see him just because we want to be sure that he's in a, in a good state to receive company. And uh, so just keep them in, in prayer. Also, um, keep uh, Lawrence and Elaine in your prayers as well. Um, continue to pray for, for healing for Lawrence. Is there, is there any other requests this morning that we can pray about? Maybe unspoken requests? Any unspoken requests this morning? I see a hand going up there. Another hand. Another hand. Before we receive our offering this morning, um, could we just could we just go to the throne of grace and just uh, and just lift our hands before the Lord and just uh, just acknowledging our need of Him this morning and and uh, Heavenly Father, we we just pause together and maybe if you've seen someone. Uh, in the congregation who's lifted a hand. If you could just lay a hand on them. Father, we, we just thank you, Lord, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace in our time of need. We can find mercy. And Father, we, we thank you for prayers that have been answered in the past. We thank you for your healing power because you have healed. And we thank you, Lord, and we praise you for healing and ongoing healing. And we thank you, Lord, that you have heard us, the cries of our hearts. We thank you, God, that your word is indeed yes and amen to those who believe and act upon and, and pray in faith. And so we come one more time as a congregation. And we lift up Mike and Tammy and their family. We lift up Elaine and Lawrence. We lift up each and every one who has lifted their hands today with a need And God, you know each and every need here. You know each and every heart. You know every situation. And so we ask the God of heaven and earth, who created it all, who made us, who knows how we work, who understands us more than we understand ourselves. We call upon the great physician this morning. We call upon the Redeemer. We could call upon Jesus, who was our Savior, our healer, our baptizer, and our coming King. And we call upon you, Jesus, today, asking that by the power of the Spirit, that your Spirit would go forth, and that, Lord, where there is healing, there will be, where there's a need of healing, that, God, that you will heal. That where is a need in finance, that, God, that you will bless, and you will open up the storehouse of heaven and pour out a blessing that it can't contain. And we pray, Lord, for those who are struggling with emotional uh, issues. We pray for those who are battling fear and anxiety. We battle those, or we pray for those, God, who the enemy is having a field day with. We pray that strongholds will come down. Oh, we, we pray in the name of Jesus today that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And we declare that today. We declare that we're going forward as a congregation. And Lord, we need your strength and your courage. We thank you, Lord, for that song this morning, Take Courage. And so I pray, Lord, you would give us the courage and the resolve to be able to move forward in the destiny and the plans that you have for us individually and corporately in this community. That God, that your kingdom, your kingdom would move and advance in this community. And we ask in the name of Jesus that all the requests, all the burdens that we are carrying today, Lord, as we lift them to you, as we lay them at the foot of the cross, that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we today will find peace and rest and hope, knowing, God, that you hear us and you answer our prayers. Your promises are indeed yes and amen. And so we thank you today for what you're going to do, expecting, God, that there is going to be a harvest from the prayers that have been sown there will be testimonies and we thank you lord in advance for what you're going to do and we ask all these mercies and favors in jesus wonderful name amen 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 we're going to call upon our ushers as well this morning to uh, receive our morning tithe and offering and it's a great privilege to be able to uh, to bless the lord and honor him in our obedience and through our giving and uh, if I'm not sure, is, is the is the um, is the slide on the screen for our? Can we get that on there? 
We don't have it. The kids can lead it from memory. Really? Awesome. Uh, how about Jack? Jack, do you, do you want to come up? Jack, why don't you come up? And, and I'll give you the microphone, and you, you can lead us in that. Okay, then. As we receive in today's offering, we are believing you for heaven opened, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declarations, impartations, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources, to go to the nations, souls and more souls, every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me, so I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Tremendous. That was a great job. That was a great job. Isn't that great that the young folks were able to carry that whole thing? I'm going to have to, now, now, now I have to memorize that. Put that to memory. Praise God. Praise God. Well, it's so great this morning to have Pastor Dave and Cindy Hall with us from the district office to uh, share in, in uh, God's word this morning. And uh, could we give Pastor Dave and Cindy a very hearty welcome this morning? God bless you, brother. I just asked your pastor's permission to come down. I like to see the whites of your eyes. And uh, it just makes us feel like a little closer. And I uh, would just really love that. Okay, that's perfect. Uh, Cindy and I are just thrilled to be here with you today and to honor Pastor Steve and Christiane on this milestone of their official installation. I know they've already been pastoring for a couple of months, but you know what? There always needs to be something official done, and so that's why we are here today. Uh, at the end of the service today, on behalf of our district, I am going to be giving Pastor Stephen this uh, shepherd staff. Do you have Don't worry. Someone, as I was coming in, said, oh, this is some new... I don't think it's a weapon, but maybe some new equipment for the pastor. And no, I want to guarantee you, he's not going to use that on unruly church members. But it is symbolic of the calling of God on your pastor's life. And pastor, listen to this. This is for you today, but really it's for all of the flock to hear. 1 Peter chapter 5. These are given by the Apostle Paul. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Being examples to the flock. And today, a little bit later on in the service, we as a church family, we are going to stand and we are going to honor and bless your pastor and his wife as the shepherds that God has chosen to lead this assembly. In the installation portion of, of what we're going to be saying a little bit later on, there's going to be words that will be spoken both uh, by your pastor or on behalf of your pastor as well as by us as a congregation, the people. I want you to know this is not a wedding, but there's going to be a similar tone to the vows that you are going to hear spoken. And I think that that has value because... In a wedding ceremony, I'm sure most of us here have been to a wedding ceremony where a man and a woman make a commitment to one another, a partnership, a covenant, so that they speak those words to one another that in life and in love, they will stay true and commit to one another. And today, the similar thing is going to take place because both pastor and people are going to be speaking words of partnership. I believe that's so powerful. 
Words that are spoken have a powerful means of declaration, not just for the moment, but they come back to remind us. One of my favorite passages is from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, because it's the wisdom of Solomon, and it really declares the power of partnership. It says in verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. It goes on through to verse 12, talking about what we do for one another when we partner together. I believe that that's what we are going to be doing today. I do want to bring just words of greeting, both from our former district superintendent, Pastor Ken Solbrecken, and from our new district superintendent, Pastor Gary Tatinger. And I know that even though neither one of them are here today, and I'm here on both of their behalfs, we are celebrating this moment for this congregation. Before we have the official act of installation, I want to share a few words with you. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want you to think about that for a moment because we sometimes read these verses and these words, even from our Lord, and we are, they're so familiar to our ears that we sometimes miss what they are saying. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I might paraphrase that just a little different. I might say, what you value comes out in what you do, how you respond. What we value in life not only defines who we are, but those values set the course of our lives, how we live, how we respond to one another and to circumstances. I believe today it's, it's really important, whether we're aware of it or not, that what we truly value in our lives, not just what we say, but what we truly value in our hearts, is going to come out in how we respond to life. It's important to take stock of our lives, I think, every once in a while. Just take a little look at, well, what do I truly value? Not so much what I say I value, but what do I truly value? I can say to you that I value my wife, Cindy. But how do I express that? What do I do? What do I say to her, not just in the public setting, but in the private moments that really expresses to her that I value her? Think for a moment about what you value in your life. I came to a special appreciation of what I value in my life about 12 years ago. My sister and I had received word that our father had fallen in the seniors' care facility that he was in. He had slipped into a coma, and they were calling us to come. We both flew from our homes in the west. We went to Ontario to be with him. The last night before my father's home going, I spent it with him, sitting beside him in his favorite lazy boy chair. Of course, he was in the bed. And even though he was not able to respond, I talked to him. And I prayed with him. And I believe that he, even though he was not in a visible way expressing himself, I believe that he heard me and that he prayed with me that evening. Throughout the night, I thought about all the investments my father had made in my life. The things that I valued, the things that I held dear because of what he had spoken and done on my behalf. For some of you, this will be new information. My father had trained me to be a butcher and a meat cutter. That was my career before becoming a pastor. But you know what? That was my greatest training ground in learning how to become a godly leader. I first became a pastor on the floor of the slaughterhouse to men that were, some of them, three times my age. I learned how to shepherd and care for others while I was cutting meat, not sitting at a desk preparing a message. My dad was the one who instilled those values in me. The things I learned from him really today are the core values of my life. As I sat beside my dad that evening, 
a phrase came into my mind. The phrase that you see there on the screen, what is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? That's a phrase that comes from the book of Exodus chapter 4. And it's God speaking to Moses, his designed leader. And he speaks it to Moses after he calls Moses to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt into the land that God had promised them. In verse 1, Moses says to God, Suppose the people will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not prepared or has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? Well, we know what it was in Moses' hand. It was a simple shepherd's staff. Probably something maybe similar to this, maybe not exactly, but it was something like that. That was what was in Moses' hand. If you know some of the stories of the Bible, you know of other people that had very simple things in their hand, and yet God used it mightily. David, when he fought Goliath, had just a stone and a sling in his hand. Remember one of the judges, Gideon? Remember all they had? It was just a small group of them going up against a massive army, and yet all they had in their hand was a simple vase with a lantern inside, a light inside. And we see that story told time after time again because there were simple things in people's hands and yet when they were in God's hands, they became mighty, they became powerful. Those ordinary things were used for extraordinary purposes. When we place what is in our hand into the Master's hand, all of a sudden what was weakness become strength. When we place what is in our hand, in the Master's hand, what would seem like a lack of understanding becomes all of a sudden infused with discernment. Our lack of talent becomes more than we can ever imagine or think or produce on our own. And so even though this is a word for Pastor Stephen and Christiane today, it's a message for this house, this home that they've been called to pastor. And I ask you today, what is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? The Old Testament book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, Moses is giving a charge to the next generation of Israelites as they are about to prepare to go into the promised land. Remember the story, if you've read it? Uh, The first generation failed to be obedient to God and so he allowed them to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years and finally after that first generation had passed away then God said I will bring the new generation into the promised land notice in verse 11 what God speaks to them through Moses be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build and settle down, and when your silver and gold increase, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. That This may sound like a strange passage to read to a church family this morning, in fact, a Pentecostal church family. I mean, you might think, well, how could we forget God? We're here in church this morning. That's why we've come. You may think, well, I, I pray. I read my Bible. I do all kinds of acts of service for the Lord. How can I forget the Lord? I believe we can. We can get so caught up in ministry that we forget the foundation of why we are in ministry. We can forget the very focus of what we've been called to do and what ministry is all about. And We can begin to think that it's more about me, more about accolades of what I receive, more about what what I'm promoted to do, rather than the purpose 
of the great shepherd who calls us into this ministry. Folks, we must never lose our sight of God, that we need God. We are always in need of God's power. And I appreciate, Pastor, as you reminded us next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Oh, that every day would be Pentecost Sunday. That we would always be reminded of the need of the, the flow of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. I need to be continually filled with the power of Holy Spirit every day. And in many times in the day that my greatness or my weakness is in need of the power of my personal Pentecost. Notice I said my greatness or my weakness because either one can get in the way. Whether we think we have a little in our hand or whether we feel we have very little in our hand, we are in the need of a personal Pentecost. That's why Moses, I believe, warn the people not to forget the Lord because we can become blinded by our own perceived success or our own visible weakness. Sometimes, folks, we play the comparison game. You ever have done that? And no one knows it. We only do it on the very inside of our, of our thinking and maybe the, depth, the depths of our heart. No one else knows that we are playing a very dangerous and damaging game. It's like the story of the Pharisee in Luke chapter 18, and Jesus tells that story. Verse 9, he says, To some who were confident in their own righteousness, and they looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Folks, we can be like that. We can say, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person. At least I've not done the things that they've done. At least I'm doing a better job than they are. And we may not say it. We may only think it in the very depths of our being. But we may think we're a couple rungs higher on the ladder of God's grace. We're more accepted by God than someone else. Folks, the truth is we all need the power of Holy Spirit flowing in us and through us. Both our greatness and our weakness needs the power of God. That's why Jesus reminds us in John 15, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. You will bear fruit, but apart from me you can do nothing. Every one of us, no matter how capable we think we are, or how capable others tell us we are, or how incapable, inadequate we feel that we are, we all need the life of the vine flowing through us. In John 7, in verse 38, Jesus says, Whoever believes in me, streams of living water will flow from within him. That's the wording of the New International Version. Uh, notice what the King James translation says. Some of us will be familiar with it. He that believeth on me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Uh, that word belly is the same Greek word that is translated in other Bible verses as womb. I think that's something that we need to grab a hold of this morning. The womb is the place where life comes from in the natural realm. The purpose of the womb is the place where life develops and it is birthed from. The womb does not create life. It does not somehow on its own generate life, but life comes from it. When God places his life into us, not only does it transform who we are, but I believe it's God's plan that that life will come from us. It will be birthed from us. His transformation power will flow from us. The book of Revelation at the very end of the book uh, describes the river of living water that flows from the throne of God and from the Lamb. And I love the description because it says, as it flows down the street, the trees that are along the way, they... They have their roots that, that mingle into that water, that living water. 
And then it says something there that there is a harvest every month. Oh, if there's some of you here that maybe have a garden or maybe some of you have, uh, I think I just saw on Facebook that uh, the Williams just planted a garden. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if you could have a harvest, you know, vegetables coming every month, every month of the year? Wouldn't that be great? But that's what happens when we have that flow of the life of the Spirit within us. There is a supernatural productivity that goes beyond anything that's natural. God is able to do things in us and through us that we cannot imagine or think. Another verse that I love is in the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes, verse 47 and verse 9. It says, everywhere the river flows, there's life. And I think that's important for us to realize because when the life of God is in us, when that river of living water is in us, everywhere we go, it brings life. Life of God brings transformation to situations and circumstances as we're going into a realm where it's void of the life of God. Everywhere the river flows, there's life. In just a moment, I'm going to be inviting Pastor Stephen Christiane to stand with me. I want to share a, a very personal story with you. Prior to coming to the district office 10 years ago, I pastored for 28 years. 22 of those years were, were, was in one location in Medicine Hat, Alberta. One time, as part of the leadership development for our church board, we undertook an exercise that identified the leadership strengths that were on our team. Both our pastoral staff and our church board participated in this, and some of you that maybe were board members probably 15, 20 years ago, you may remember this exercise. It was a development tool by Gary Smalley. It rated you percentage-wise, every individual, percentage-wise in four leadership styles. Lion, beaver, golden retriever, and otter. The lion, very much in charge. The A personality. The one who helps to set the vision and kind of is the one that's in charge. The beaver. The one who's given to details. The organizer. The administrator the golden retriever, the caregiver, the shepherd, the otter, very fun, very relational, kind of the life of the party. Every one of our board members and our pastoral staff did our own evaluation online and then the personal results were sent to our personal email address. We were to come together at a later time after everyone had completed the assessment and received their results, we were to come together as a team so that we could understand how we worked well with one another. It was based on the truth of Romans 12, uh, where it talks about that we are all members of one body, and yet we belong to one another. We have different functions. We don't all work the same. Well, when my results arrived at my email address, here is what I found. I came out very high as beaver and golden retriever, about 85 to 87 percent for each of them. I was a bit below mid-range as the otter. I was very low as the lion, seven percent. When I realized how low I had scored as the lion and realizing that I was going to have to share this with the rest of my team, including the church board, I was suddenly gripped with fear. I mean, I was the senior pastor. I should be as strong as the lion, shouldn't I? I was filled with a sense of failure, inadequacy. I thought to myself, what is the board going to think of me? What are the pastoral staff going to think of me? Even more, what do I think of me? It was the day before we were to meet as a church board, and we were going to be meeting as a Monday, on a Monday night. We often always had a pre-service prayer time on Sunday morning before the service. And as I came into that Sunday morning pre-service prayer time, I got there a little early because I was thinking an awful lot about my 7% lion. 
I should have been focusing on my message that I was going to be preaching that morning, but really all I could think about was 7% lion, 7% lion. One of the intercessors joined me, and this lady was normally quiet and a great prayer warrior, but just usually just sat on one of the chairs and quietly prayed. But this morning, something had gotten into her. I wasn't sure what it was, but she was stomping out around the outside of the room, and she was yelling over and over and over again the same phrase. I just thought to myself, oh, please be quiet. I'm trying to focus on my 7% lion. All I can hear is you yelling. And then I got this terrible thought, what are people, new people coming into the church because it was just off the sanctuary? What are they going to think if they hear all this yelling in this back room? Finally, what she said and what she was saying started to break through my intellectual membrane. And she was saying the same phrase, the same phrase over and over and over again. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And it started to sink into my spirit. And I knew that it was Jesus speaking to me. And I heard him say, yes, Dave, I am the lion of Judah. And I'm all the lion you will ever need. That was an important milestone for me. Although it was many years ago, I still remember it. And there's still a a welling up of emotion in my heart because I recognize that in myself, I may not have a lot in my hand. But when I place it in the Master's hand, all that I have is infused with his wisdom, his power, his authority. God spoke to the Old Testament prophet Zechariah. He spoke to the king of King Zerubbabel, and he said this word to him, but it's not just a word for him, it's a word for us today. It is not by might, it is not by your power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. Friends, I believe God gives us gifts and talents. God gives us abilities. But I want you to know if you are going to focus on what you can do, you're never going to accomplish all that God wants you to do until you place what you have in his hand. You say, God, all that I have is yours. All the the gifts and abilities you've given me to do and all the things that I am not able and not capable in the natural to do. And I believe that God will give us greater ability than we can ever imagine or think. And so I ask you again today, what is in your hand? Let's pray. Father, today we thank you because you are the source of life. And in our worship time, we were reminded again and again, Lord, that you are faithful, you are good. And Lord, as we take courage and step out in faith to do what we may think is impossible, God, you will pour into us everything that we need. So, Lord, again, afresh, even as we did, as we sang some of those choruses corporately, we declare that you are faithful, you are good, and we trust you. We pray that your strength would flow into us even today in this moment. And, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us, not just corporately, but individually, on what you would desire from us. So we pray for that. We say it in the glory of Jesus' name. Amen. Listen from Ephesians chapter 4. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue until we have all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, 
church. We have a booklet this morning that's going to help us as we go through this installation, this official installation of Pastor Steve and Christiane. I'm going to invite Pastor Steve and Christiane, if you could come and just stand. I'm not sure if, I'm sure you probably stood at the altar together like this since your wedding, but it's going to be a little bit similar to that today. Maple Street Worship Center, we are assembled here to officially install Steve Williams as your pastor. Among the ministry gifts given to the church by our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the vital servant leadership grace of pastor. And your pastor stands before you today with a high and holy calling, calling ringing in his heart and with a sense of accountability and responsibility to Christ, the head of the church. Your pastor comes to labor among you in the name of the Lord and for his honor and glory alone. It's imperative that your pastor be a person of private and public prayer. It is essential that your pastor be a student of God's word. It is commanded that your pastor be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it is vital that his ministry be inspired by and sensitive to the fresh winds and will of the Spirit of God. It is Christ's commission that the minister preach the word, declaring to all the whole counsel of God. It is incumbent upon the pastor to faithfully perform the duties required by a minister of the gospel, namely the celebration of the Lord's Supper, the baptism of believers, the dedication of children, the performance of marriage ceremonies, the burying of the dead, and other responsibilities and obligations as required for a pastor. Pastor Steve, are you ready now to officially assume the office of pastor of Maple Street Worship Center, and to faithfully serve as God's ministry gift to this congregation. Do you believe that God has called you into the ministry, and do you feel that for this ministry you have diligently prepared? Pastor Steve, do you believe that the Bible is the inspired, inerrant, and infallible word of God, and are you convinced that it is the only authentic and reliable foundation for faith and practice? And further, do you solemnly declare that you will be true to the word of God in your preaching, your conduct of the affairs of God's house, and in your personal life? Do you believe that you are in the will of God at this time, and that your God has called you to serve and lead this congregation as their pastor? I'm going to invite my wife, Cindy, if she'll come and join me here this morning. Because I want to say a few words to Christiane. There's no greater gift for any pastor than a spouse. I know that Pastor Steve and I can both say a hearty yea and amen to the value that our spouses are to us. Pastor's wife is not an easy job. You manage the household affairs. You care in a greater way for the children along with your husband. But I believe that God has also given you a great heart to be able to bear heavy burdens at time that are impossible to share with anybody else. I pray God's presence and power to be poured into you that your heart to carry what you need to will increase like never before. Christiane, are you prepared to stand beside your husband as he serves as the shepherd of this flock? Will you encourage him with your words, support him with your prayers, assist him as you are able to fulfill his pastoral duties in this congregation as a husband and wife team? And you know what? You are a team. I've observed that already, even in the short time that I've gotten to know you, that you are a team. You work together in ministry. And thank you for using the gifts that God has given you, Christiane, to enlarge not only the ministry that you are part of here, but it goes beyond the borders of Vagerville. 
I'm going to invite the pastor's council to come. And why don't you just come and just stand over here, if you would, those in the pastor's council. Thank you. I, I want to just say a word of blessing, first of all, to the pastor's council and to the pastoral search committee. I had the joy of working with these men for a number of months as they work through the process of seeking God's will for your next pastor. And our times of engagement were always rich, whether it was in person, whether it was over the phone, or whether it was through email. Thank you for being people of God, men, and I know that there is a lady pastor's council member here as well, or maybe she's not here this morning, but she's part of this team. Thank you for being people who pray, who seek the will of God. And it was the greatest joy for me to see and watch you embark on that journey of seeking God's plan. So pastor's council, it is your task to serve with your pastor on the spiritual and administrative leadership team of Maple Street Worship Center. It is your obligation to generously consider the temporal, spiritual, and intellectual needs of your pastor. It is your role to be the biblical model for this congregation of loving thoughtfulness, courage, faithfulness, and a spirit of unity. Pastor's Council, do you offer yourselves in common service with your new pastor, purposing to be people of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, fulfill the responsibilities and tasks assigned to you by the constitution of this church? And do you make it your goal to do all that you can so that your pastor can give himself continually to prayer, to the ministry of the word, and to faithfully fulfilling his pastoral calling in this congregation and in this community? If so, answer, we do. I'm going to invite the congregation, the family of God here, to stand if you would. Thank you. And to the members and adherents who have made Maple Street Worship Center your church home, I charge you before God to honor and submit to your servant leadership ministry of Pastor Steve. He is God's ministry gift, pastoral gift to you. And I remind you that your pastor will give account to God for how he watches over your soul. I urge you to prepare your heart so that it is good soil to receive the seeds of God's word that your pastor will plant in your lives. Be not only a hearer, but a doer of the word of, word of God. Support your pastor with your time, your talents, and your tithes as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. When you are in need, call him. Can I take a moment? Pastoring for 28 years prior to coming to my current ministry at the district, There was the occasion that people would say from the congregation, Pastor, where were where you? And I realized that I did not know that there was a need in that home. They had not told me. I want you to know that when you are in need, call your pastor and his wife, and they'll be there. Uh, one of the gifts that I expect he does not have, very few of us do, is to be mind readers. And so I encourage you that when you are in need, call him. Let him know what your need is. And I know that they, as a pastoral team, will be there to care for you. Whenever possible, be faithful in your attendance at the house of God. Pray for your pastor that God will keep him pure and fill him with power so that signs and wonders will accompany his strong declaration of God's word. So members and adherents of Maple Street Worship Center, do you solemnly covenant to work together with Pastor Steve to extend the gospel in purity and power in this community and throughout the world? Do you purpose to give your utmost support to your pastor in every way according to your abilities and opportunities? If so, answer, we do. Pastor Steve and Christiane, you've heard the commitment spoken today by the board members of this church. You've listened as this congregation promised to pray and to cooperate with and support and, and submit to your pastoral ministry here. God has called you to a great task and 
this church family not only recognizes that call, they committed to that call when they elected you, but they've been promised together today to be workers together, to partner with you so that the kingdom of God will come and his will will be done here on earth in Vagerville and beyond as it is in heaven. I therefore, recognizing your clear understanding of your pastoral calling, responsibilities, and obligation, by the authority of the Alberta and Northwest Territories District of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, I officially install you as the pastor of Maple Street Worship Centre, and I charge you to be faithful and diligent in your ministry for Christ in this place, as one who will give account to the righteous judge at his appearing. May the grace of Jesus be on your ministry, and may it be rich with blessing in God's fruit, and that fruit will remain. I'm going to ask Logan and Ethan, Aiden, and Elizabeth to come. Would you join your mom and dad? Folks, I'm so aware that you, you, know, you can stay. You, you, you two men can stay. Uh, this is a team. I, I know that this is your pastor and this is your pastor's wife, but this is the team, the immediate team that God brings around them. I believe it's so key and crucial that we recognize that your pastor and his wife have a family. They've got children. And there's needs of these children. I really don't know the children very well. I, I know a little bit about Elizabeth because of following her story a little bit. I know a little bit about Logan because he's on Facebook and I see things about him, which are good things. These are wonderful children. Thank you for being faithful to come with your mom and dad. I know you didn't have a choice. But you know what? Can I tell you, it took a lot of courage and strength to leave everything that was familiar, everything that you knew about family and to come all this way across the country to Alberta. Thank you for doing that. Can I say to you that as a district, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. So we're going to do something that's kind of typically Pentecostal. We're going to stretch out our hand and uh, we're going to, honey, you come with me again, and we're going to pray for your pastor and uh, we're going to anoint them with oil. And so let's just join together as we pray. So Father, today in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the gift of leadership. And Lord, particularly, we thank you for the gift of Pastor Steve. We thank you for the gift of Christiane. Lord, I thank you for Logan. Him. I thank you for Ethan. Just anoint him. Thank you for Aiden. Boy, that red hair, he's got lots of spunk. Yeah. And I thank you for precious little Elizabeth. And Lord, upon this pastor, his wife, and this family, I ask for the anointing of God to just rise up like never before. Thank you for this new season for Maple Street House. Thank you, Lord, that you had designed it from the beginning. And Lord, I believe that even though it, it's been a season of in the works, God, you saw it from the beginning. And you had designed that Pastor Steve and Christiane and their family would be here at this place. And so, Lord, I pray that we as the family of God, and I speak that both for this assembly, I speak that for us as a district, that we would surround this pastor and his family with, Lord, our prayers, our support, our love, asking for you to enrich and that he may lead this congregation into the plans and the purposes that God has designed. And so, Lord, while... Even our district mission, as it says, calling forth PAOC leaders. I call forth 
Pastor Steve and Christiane today into this new season that you have called them into. Flood into them with a greater realm of the fullness of the Spirit. Flood into them with supernatural courage. And Lord, as they take, Lord, Spirit-designed risks, I pray that you would bring them, Lord, to lead this church into a place of greater health, greater fulfillment, so that, Lord, this community of Vagerville will be reached to a new place, to a new, new encounter with you. Bring many people that do not know you to come to know the Savior through the people of this assembly. We pray for signs and wonders. We pray for miracles, transformation that will take place. And we pray that for your glory. And we say it in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Pastor, I'll turn it to you. And I'm going to give you something here. Don't worry, Aiden, that's not to be used on you. <laughs> but I bless you in the name of the Lord. Thank you for shepherding here in this district, in this congregation. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Praise the Lord. Um, it's a real blessing to, uh, to be with you and to, to serve this body. And uh, we really do want to see this, uh, this body here at Maple Street to be healthy and to be growing spiritually and to be empowered of the Spirit, to be the disciples that Jesus desires us to be. And that means Spirit-led and it means to be Spirit-anointed. Because at the end of the day, the call is to is for all of us to, to co-labor together. We're just we're just laborers with you. That's what we've come to do is to labor with you to work together as a team. And as Pastor Dave had mentioned about the different strengths and, and giftings, and we're all different, and God gives us different graces. And uh, my grace may not be your grace, but together we can share. And we can use, use those things uh, for God's glory. And so, um, God bless you, and thank you so much for, for um, your love and the welcome and just everything that you've done in our lives so far. And we just ask that God would just continually and richly bless each and every one of you and that we would indeed take spirit-inspired and led risks for the kingdom as we, as we move ahead in the days uh, to come. And so God bless you, and thank you so much for, for being here today. Um, I know this is a little off the record, not maybe in keeping with the uh, installation, but uh, yesterday we, have a, we had a birthday. And uh, so Penny, happy birthday. Eleanor's as well. We have a double whammy this morning. So we are going to sing. Would that be okay if we could do that? Sing happy birthday to both Penny and Eleanor this morning? Yeah. Well, I'm not the greatest vocalist in the world now. Uh, I do my best, but we need some help. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, daughter. Eleanor, happy birthday to you, and many more, and many more, that's right. So uh, we have a, a, a potluck fellowship, and everyone that is here, of course, is welcome to stay and, and enjoy that, and uh, we're just going to ask God to bless the, uh, the food and the hands that prepared it. Lord, we just pause once again. We thank you for this beautiful day, this day that the Lord has made. And Father, we thank you for fellowship. We thank you that we can come together and we can share our lives with each other. And so, Lord, we pray that your blessing on this, on this meal. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bless the hands that have prepared and all of the work that was done uh, prior to the service and perhaps even during parts of the service in the kitchen. We thank you for each and every one from the setup 
to the, 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 uh, the sharing of the food and, and to the tearing down, Lord. We know there's lots of work involved, and so we ask, Lord, you bless all the hands that are involved in making this possible. And a special blessing this morning we ask upon our pastor, Dave, and, and, and Cindy this morning. Thank you so much for their ability to be here and to share in this moment and to, and to share their hearts with us. And so, Father, bless them richly, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amen.